So Money, episode 302, Amy Valpone. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Creating opportunities by starting your own business is one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself. However, it can also be overwhelming at times. The secret to getting more done isn't about finding more time, but rather finding the right tools. Our friends at FreshBooks couldn't agree more. FreshBooks has created an amazingly simple invoicing tool designed for small business owners who need to focus on their work, not their paperwork. Oh, and invoicing is only the start. FreshBooks lets you know instantly when your client has viewed your invoice and even imports your expenses directly from your business checking account. Get ready to say goodbye to searching for receipts when it comes to tax time. If you do have questions, just contact the award-winning FreshBooks support team and get help from real live humans. No phone tree, no let me escalate that, just helpful service at the drop of a hat. To try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash so money and enter so money in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. My guest today was inspired to start her food blog, The Healthy Apple, after going through years and years and years of health issues. Amy Valpone was told she had just 24 hours to live. That was five years ago. Today, she is a culinary nutritionist, professional recipe developer, food photographer, and chef specializing in gluten-free and clean recipes for at-home cooks. She'll be debuting her first cookbook in March of 2016, so keep a lookout for that. You're not going to believe her story about the time when she was told she had a day to live. I mean, really, what would you do if you were given that prognosis? And subsequently, she got fired from work from, yeah, believe it or not, Vogue all while on disability. Here is an amazing woman, an amazing story to share, Amy Valpone. Amy Valpone, welcome to So Money. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You wear many hats, Amy, culinary nutritionist, professional recipe developer, food photographer. You specialize in gluten-free and clean recipes. Where did you find your passion? You know, 10 years ago, uh, I was working at Vogue magazine and ended up getting really, really sick. Doctors did not know what was going on with me. I literally saw over 500 doctors, everything from bone marrow biopsies to disability. I mean, you name it. I was given 24 hours to live five years ago. And I ended up quitting my job and trying to figure out, getting to the root cause of what was going on with my body. Wait, so you were given 24 hours to live. What did you do when you were given that news? I mean, I would have been paralyzed. You know, it was crazy. It, um, I was in the hospital. I had exhausted all the doctors in New York and um, New Jersey. So I was my parents had taken me to Philadelphia and I was on morphine. I had something called C. diff colitis, which is, you know, deadly. And it ended up turning around within 24 hours. I don't even know how my body did it. But you know, what's funny and interesting. Um, my corporate job, I, I was still not, I was not at Vogue at the time I had left there. Um, 
they called me because I was on disability for a year and they said, Miss Valpone, we see that you're blogging because I had just started a, a food blog. And they said, we think you're kidding, um, you know, that you're totally fine on disability and we see that you're blogging and, you know, we want to have a conversation with you. <laughs> and I said, uh, my father got on the phone and was like, you know, she was just given 24 hours to live here. She's on morphine. And I, he got off the phone and I said, I'm never going back. Like I am. I this is insane. So that's when I just said goodbye to corporate and started my own thing. What did you say when they called you and said, and I I mean, I'm not surprised that it was Vogue that did this because, uh, well, anyone would have been a little suspicious, right? But Vogue is, they work you to the bone there. So what did you say? Were you like, "Uh, I got nothing? I literally was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like these posts have all been scheduled and I've been in bed the last 12 months and running around to every doctor in the country and Mayo Clinic. Um... But, you know, they didn't have it and they didn't, you know, they didn't take it. And I said, this is crazy. I'm trying to prove myself to a bunch of people who don't believe me and think I'm crazy anyway. And, you know, my nickname was Sick Girl because I was always running out to doctor's appointments. And I was like, you know what? I need to take a different turn with my life. And I um, I studied business in undergraduate, um, you know, at Boston University. And I always loved marketing and branding and always had that energy and passion. And I was like, I can totally do this. (laughs) And I didn't even know what I was doing, but I just started it. And so where did you start first? You were blogging, so you had that, but then to realize, okay, here's how I'm going to find my audience. And and, and not only that, but here are all the different ways that I'm going to service them. How did it all evolve? Yeah, so I went back to school um, for integrative nutrition to try to understand a little bit more about what was going on in my body since at the time I was on a cocktail of drugs and I was like, this is crazy. And I started a food blog. I was just, you know, writing weekly and daily and trying to write things about food. And then I started to pick up photography. I was like, my pictures are terrible. I need to go buy a big DSLR camera and try to figure it out myself. And I did. I literally just like read a few little like blogs on how to do food photography and set up a little studio portion of my apartment in Manhattan and started doing like food styling and food photography. And all of a sudden brands started reaching out to me and saying, we love your photography, you know, so I was like, oh, wow, like, I'm going to reach out to more brands and say, I can do photos for you. And I can do recipe development for you. And here's my whole package. And meanwhile, I was just growing, you know, my social media and my following on my website and reaching out to brands to be spokesperson or writing to magazines, you know, everybody from prevention to cooking light and saying, you know, I'd love to write for you. And of course, I mean, 95% of people never respond respond to you, whether it's a brand or whether it's a magazine. But um, I just, you know, pounded the pavement. I mean, it was, uh, that's really how it start, all started. Well, what's your favorite part of your job? You are so multitasking right now. But what, 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 if you had to give up a lot of things and just do one thing, what's the one thing that you wouldn't want to give up? Mm, that's a tough one. You know, the one thing I really love about what I do is I do so many things, different things. I could not just do food photography and food styling and recipe development. When I spend like a a few days doing it, I'm like, get me out of my kitchen, get me away from my camera. I can't, like, I don't have the patience. So I actually have learned to do things in pockets because in the beginning, you know, I was like doing, trying to do everything every day. And I was like, this is getting nowhere. My kitchen's a mess. I need to get to my computer, get to my email. So now I'm like, okay, you know, three days a week, I'm going to be doing recipe development at the farmer's market, doing food photography. And then 
the other day is, you know, I'm doing a lot of writing and I, I never thought of myself as a writer. I was the worst writer, but I just write in my voice, in my tone. And I'm very vulnerable. Um, you know, once I came out with everything that was going on with my health, that's when my blog really took off. Um, and I, you know, I realized there's millions of other people dealing with illness inside and they're not even, you know, no one's talking about it. Even a lot of the celebrities that I work with, you know, no one's talking about it and they're all suffering from something. So did you ever get to the bottom line with your health and figure out why it was you had reached such a scary place? I actually, they found Lyme disease after 10 years of false negatives um, through Western medicine. So I discovered two labs in California that tested just for Lyme disease. And I was positive through all the bands of Lyme. So I said to myself, this is amazing. It's been 10, 12 years. I don't know. I mean, they think I got Lyme disease from a mosquito when I was a kid because I never saw a bullseye. But it pretty much shut down every organ of my body um, over time. And, you know, I said, how many people out there are suffering from Lyme disease and they're getting false negatives from, you know, regular labs like Quest and LabCorp. So that's when I really was like, this is crazy. And I started writing more about medical, um, you know, medical intervention, things like that. But, um, you know, that's my I'm doing a lot of energy work, which I never thought I would do. Um, and that's been really helping me a lot. A lot of the mind body, which I never even wanted to look at. I was like, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to do this. I never did it. And now my whole life has shifted. Let's talk about money, Amy. I, I'm curious, in speaking to many people who work in the health and wellness space, they always have really fascinating takes on money because I think there is a correlation how you how you keep yourself healthy, the habits that you practice for your own lifestyle to keep a healthy lifestyle. I think there's some correlation also in how that leaks into your financial life. So from a financial perspective, Amy, what is your money mantra? You know, it's interesting. I have always been a saver my whole life. So I had a savings when I quit my job, but I'll be very honest. I mean, my first job in out of college was at Ralph Lauren in design. I made $35,000. And my second job was at Vogue. I made $40,000. And then I did marketing and branding at the NBA. And I think that was like 40, 43 or something. Um, so I went from that to, you know, six figures, but it took, it took me, you know, about, I think I've been doing this for about six years on my own now for about four years. Um, my money mantra, you know, it's interesting. I've spent over $500,000 out of pocket on medical bills. So I'm unlike a lot of people. But, you know, I really had to start to focus in the beginning on, you know, long term plans and where my money was going in terms of, you know, Manhattan rent is not cheap and the food in Manhattan, you know, I have eat organic. I do a lot of my body things like acupuncture, which is a couple hundred dollars a week that insurance doesn't cover. So aside from my business, I had so many personal expenses that I had to really factor in there. Um, but I think overall, like I've gotten to the point now where I'm making money so that I can invest back into my business. So I just hired someone who's doing the marketing and, um, you know, handling all my social media and I'm hiring someone again to redo my website, um, you know, for the third time, you know, because things happened on the back end that weren't correct the last time I updated it. So I've learned now how to really juggle all my money 
And I'm sure this is something that a lot of your clients say, you know, you don't realize when you work for yourself, you have a lot of money to pay in taxes. So you can be like, oh, I have all this money. And then all of a sudden it's like, you own, you owe $40,000. And you're like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't even make that my first year living here. (laughs) So it's, you know, you got to give yourself that little cushion there. Um, But yeah, I've learned how, in terms of the mind-body stuff too, I've learned how to take care of myself. And, um, you know, suffering has made me realize who I am. And um, it's all about, it comes down to even with money. And I know it sounds, it might sound cheesy, but it comes down to self-love and taking care of yourself and knowing that you're worth it. And for so long, dealing with chronic illness, I never thought I was worth it. And once you get to that point, you know, you're like, I can do this and and I'm worth it and I'm going to do it, right? That's amazing. I love it. And and in fact, when you brought up the topic of paying your taxes, it reminded me of a of an interview I did with the founder of Daily Worth, Amanda Steinberg. She talked about on the show how she went in the hole because she was behind on her taxes, and it, it even just until recently was something that you know really haunted her. You are on the money with that one. Growing up, what is one money memory that really shaped you, or to this day, something that you reflect upon? I would say my father, he was a saver and he has instilled in my brain, you know, save, save, save. I mean, he handles a lot of my, I, you know, stocks and bonds and all of that. Um, but I'm sure every year he says to me, you know, <laughs> I mean, it probably sounds like I'm 10 years old, but he says, you know, how much money do you have for me? So I, you know, work with him and another financial planner and I give a good amount of money for my retirement um, and a lot of other things. So I make sure that, you know, because, you know, working for yourself, you don't have a 401k. I want to make sure that I am okay, you know, when I retire and, you know, down the road. So, so definitely, he's definitely instilled in me the savings. And of course, I never, you know, believed in it when I was a kid, because I was always like, why won't you let me buy new clothes and all these crazy things. Um, but now I'm like, wow, I would have never been able to quit my job and mm. have this nice cushion. And And I did not come from a wealthy family. I mean, we're just you know, average America. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's taken a whole new spin on my outlook on saving. So when I think you, it's so important. So when you were making like, I mean, I, I, I was also working in media in my early twenties after college making pennies and I was even making less than you. And, and I did get into some debt. How did, what would you say is a failure that you fell upon or experienced earlier on in your financial life that, was a big learning lesson for you? You know, I, I don't know if I ever really had a failure because I was able, because I saved so much that I able, was able to have, I mean, I did not live a glamorous life in my twenties at all, but I did not. The thing that I learned is I saved too, I don't want to say too much. I was too much of a penny pincher. I did not enjoy myself in my twenties. And I thought that was just life in New York. I mean, I really didn't go out to dinner. I didn't like spend my money. I didn't take cabs. I, I was very hard on myself and it didn't get, I got to the point, I feel like the universe just gave me a lesson and was like, you need to start loving yourself and taking care of yourself. And I got sick. And after that, I was like, I'm worth spending money on food. I'm worth a cab. I'm worth this. I'm worth that. And that is what made me budget my money because now, I mean, my food 
has to be all organic. And, you know, my bills are very, very expensive just taking care of myself. You know, I have an infrared sauna in my apartment, like different things that I have to do to keep myself healthy, you know, are very, very expensive and time consuming. And I had to say, wow, like this is, that's been the biggest lesson for me, really learning how to take care of myself. And, I wrote a blog post about this the other day. I was like, why did I never learn? You know, I went to college, you went, you know, no one ever taught me how to take care of myself. And half my friends, you know, I'm, you know, 32, you know, in my 30s, or half my friends in their 30s or even 20s and 40s still don't take care of themselves, but they don't even realize it. They're in corporate America. They're pounding the pavement. They're, you know, just grabbing whatever they can to eat. They're not really taking care of their bodies. And it's hard, right? So, I, I found that as one of the biggest lessons that I learned, that balance is really how you excel in life. Um, so speaking of healthy living, healthy eating, and that it costs so much, any advice for those of us who want to want to have a healthy uh, diet, but how do we do it without really spending too much money? I mean, are there certain tricks that you have found that have sa- has saved you a lot of money? There are definitely, and I have a, like a whole chapter and section in my new book that I, I dedicated to that because I wanted people to understand like, you know, not everybody can eat 100% organic. You know, sometimes I'm even like this, you know, this is crazy living in New York. It's like, you know, 10K for uh, a zucchini. But um, I think that, you know, a lot of what I focus on with a lot of my clients is buying in bulk. So if you go to like Whole Foods Market or even, um, you know, simplyorganicfrontier.com, you buy in bulk. So buying like your grain, and your raw nuts and your raw seeds, um, you know, in their raw form and really working with that, you know, cooking on like a Sunday night, like a batch of quinoa or rice or pasta or millet, you know, whatever kind of grain you want, cook that up with, you know, chicken and, and a bunch of vegetables and store that in the fridge for the week because that's how you're going to eat your you know, instead of eating oatmeal in the morning, you can have like quinoa, you know, with some nuts and seeds and almond milk or whatever it is that you like. And then you can use the leftover quinoa in a salad for lunch. And then you still have leftovers, use it in, you know, tacos for dinner with chicken and, you know, some veggies, um, salsa, guacamole. So really just figuring out how you can kind of, like they say, cook once, eat, you know, three times. So figuring out how to save in that realm is really what is what has helped a lot of my clients. And interesting that you suggested quinoa for breakfast. I think breakfast is, we feel is limited to the sweets and mm-hmm. uh, cereals and croissants and muffins and donuts and even yogurt with all the sugar, if it's flavored. I think like I, I get frustrated at breakfast because I go, oh, okay, well, I know eating, say, a hard boiled egg will be healthy, but I'm kind of tired of eating the hard boiled eggs and the plain yogurt. Like I want some flavor and some some taste in my breakfast, but without all the sugar. So the the fact that you're like telling me it's okay to maybe have lunch for breakfast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is, Let is, me tell is you. It's like my mind is blowing up right now. Oh my God. I eat like salads for, for breakfast. I'm not a breakfast person. I mean, I don't do well with, like, so breakfast really is kind of like dessert for a lot of people, right? It's like starchy things that are really creating yeah, a lot of inflammation. Pancakes is like a cake. My husband's like, a pancake is a cake. Okay. Let's just not, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> It is. But I mean, if you make pancakes with like almond flour, you know, there's no starch and there's no kind of white flour that's going to turn to sugar. So 
you know, that's like a great alternative there. But I agree. I mean, you can totally go savory with your breakfast. I mean, even if you do want oatmeal, you can put a poached egg on top of it or some salsa or guacamole or some sliced avocado. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of the people just um, grab, you know, a, a bar that they see on the street or a processed protein powder that's just you know, full of uh, ingredients they can't even pronounce, you know. So I really just try to get my clients getting back to basics and saying, you know, forget about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Eat what, eat whatever you want, whenever you want. Let's talk about success, Amy. Tell me your so money moment, a time in your life that you achieve financial greatness thanks to yourself. Wow. I'd have to say, you know, I mean, I don't know if you're like this, but, you know, we work every day and you know, the money's coming in. You're like, great, great, great. I put it in my spreadsheet. This was paid. That invoice went out, you know, collecting it, collecting it. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the year, your accountant's like, oh, so this is how much you made. And you're like, what? Like, I, I literally almost like fell on the floor. I'm like, I don't understand that. Because I never really, you know, I don't sum it up as I'm going along. Maybe I should be. Um, and now I do quarterly taxes so I can see what's going on. But when you go from like $40,000 to six figures, you're like, wait a minute. That's, you know, that's incredible. So that was the moment that, that it hit me. And I was like, this is amazing. I can do this and I can survive chronic illness living in New York. I can, you know, help other people who are suffering out there, whether it's from small things like bloating or from a chronic illness um, and support them and support myself to live, you know, a beautiful, wonderful life. So you didn't know the power and the potential of your earnings until someone else brought it to your attention? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'd seen things come in, you know, I'd see the, the checks come in, obviously, you know, and I would you know, deposit them in the bank and all of that. But um, my money comes from so many different places. And, I, you know, it's like food photography, and then, you know, my writing for different magazines and clients and different things like that. So, you know, there was never a time. I mean, of course, I've had some really big contracts, like my book that was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but there really wasn't a time when I was I had no, really no concept of how much I was making. Wow. Well, Let's talk about habits, financial habits. You know, I assume just like in your, you've, you've conditioned yourself so well to, to follow these great habits to keep your body healthy. What is a habit that you practice to keep your money healthy, your financial life healthy? Yeah, I mean, I definitely make sure, you know, I'm always, I'm not always looking at my bank uh, statement. I mean, well, I look at my statement to make sure everything obviously is correct on there and, and challenge the bank if I feel like there's an error. Um, but I don't, I'm not always looking at my bank account numbers. I really just look at them when I, after I do a deposit and I look at, you know, how much is in there. But that I, I learned, it's kind of like people with food, right? You can become obsessed with food and then it makes you nuts. Yeah, I felt like the same way with money in the beginning. I was like, what am I making? Am I going to pay my rent? Am I going to be able to do this? What's going on? Now I'm like, you know what? You just, just trust. Like the money is coming in. You're set. Like you're fine. You've got enough to pay for taxes. When I put my deposits in, I make sure my bottom number isn't below, you know, a certain number. And from that, I budget, you know, say, okay, like maybe it's $40,000 I'm going to have to pay in my mind in taxes. Subtract that from you know, the balance, say the balance in my bank account is, I don't know, like 120 or something. So then I have this extra cushion that I can then give away, you know, and put either into my business or to put into savings, um, like into bonds and stocks and things that are, are really safe. I'm not risky with any of that. And of course, you know, my financial planner's like, you're young, you got to be risky. And I'm like, 
No, I think that's one thing that's different about me because, you know, I trust that my health is on the upswing and it's amazing and it's great. And I'm definitely, you know, at the end of my chronic illness journey, but you know, I don't want to lose everything I have because what if I, I need some sort of, you know, treatment or, or something else that I need to be able, you know, to fall back on a little bit of money. So that's one thing I'm, I'm not like every other 32 year old that's, you know, investing in, uh, you know, risk, you know, a higher risk. Well, actually, you'd be surprised. A lot of people are moving to the camp of index fund investing, passive investing. Um, yes, we'll take on more risk as we are in our younger years, but that doesn't mean that we're, you know, buying various stocks individually and throwing darts at the stock market. You know, there's still a method exactly. to the madness. And I think I think even the most sophisticated investors are realizing that it's, you know what, it's fairly hard to beat the market. It's kind of impossible. Um, at least that's that's a crazy goal to have. And so rather than trying to just game it, just do the tried and true course and be in, in it for the long haul. And that's something that I think comes up a lot on this podcast. So I don't think you're alone in your thinking, Amy. I think it's a good strategy. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. All right. You've been so much fun. I want to talk now about some of the things that you would do in hypotheticals. So starting with, if I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is... Give them so I hired a few people to help me with my back end stuff. I would definitely give them a raise hmm. and definitely donate to some sort of, um, you know, charity, um, you know, medical with that has like a medical relationship. Well, we can skip now to that question because I was going to ask also fill in this blank when I give, when I donate, I like to give to blank because. Uh, definitely to something uh, dealing with integrative medicine, so not the Western medicine realm. So really, you know, the mind, body, and you know, getting to the root cause of illness. So there's a lot of in, there's a whole you know, a community of integrative medicine here in Manhattan and throughout the country. So supporting them in their initiative. The one thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is. Mm, self-care definitely yeah. massages and and food clean clean whole foods nothing really i mean i personally can't eat processed food so whole you know organic foods but i'm not perfect you know you got to enjoy life <laughs> yeah absolutely now a question sidebar all of your uh, methods to staying healthy what you're eating um was that something that you cut? Did you crack that code like early on or was that kind of it, that had its own evolution as well? No, that oh, man, that took me 10 years. Okay. And, uh, you know, my, my advice for anyone that's either bored with food or can't figure out, you know, why they have whether it's acne or rosacea or just some weird thing going on um, in their body. It's really stop reading what every magazine is telling you to do and every, you know, every book is telling you to do. Everyone is different. You know, eggs could be great for me and bad for you. Animal protein could make someone feel amazing and another person feel terrible. You know, I personally, you know, cannot eat a lot of grains and, and beans, but I do really great with like, you know, an organic chicken or great with, um, you know, vegetables. So everybody has got to do their own pace. And that's why and I outlined it in my book, like 21 day detox. It's really about cutting out these 13 foods that I, I tell you, you know, these are the triggers that are triggering different things in your body. And you'll never know how good you can feel until you cut them out and you just try. It doesn't mean that you have to cut them out for the rest of your life, 
but you know, if I told you you could feel amazing every day, wouldn't you want to do it? Oh, yeah. Right? It's priceless. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I mean, I just think about the days that I go through where I have a headache or, or stomach ache and I just, you know, it's, de- it's immobilized, demobilizing. I know, you know, it's so funny. My girlfriends, we were out the other night and they said that to me, they said, Amy, how have you done this for 10 years? Like now we understand why you have to cancel 10 minutes, you know, before we go out or 10 minutes before this, like you have, I've kind of been like this hermit the last 10 years, you know, not being able to do all these things. And they're like, I can't even stand a headache or a a stomach ache for five minutes. And I'm like, well, you know, I guess this is my mission in life. Somebody gave it to me for 10 minutes or for 10 years to figure it all out and help other people. So, um, but it is debilitating. Yeah. It's debilitating. So now I also want to ask you, what is the one thing you wish you had learned about money growing up? Mm. You know, um, I would have to say, again, I, I think that my father had me on to, okay, I'm not blaming him. He was wonderful, but I think, um, I, I think I was too much on a, a penny pincher kind of, um, mentality and I didn't take uh, the time to spend some of my money to really enjoy myself. Um, and I think that I could have had a lot more balance, you know, growing up and, you know, in my 20s, I mean, growing up, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, I mean, I could count on my hand how many times we went out to dinner as a family growing up. I mean, that's 20 years, you know, before I went off to college or whenever 18, um, we just didn't, you know, like, and my parents are wonderful. They've saved tons of money and they're enjoying their, their life now with retirement. And now I see why they did it. But I think I would I would have a lot more balance. Yeah, this question I've asked it so many times. I almost think that now growing raising my son, it's like such a it's a such a conscious thing for me now. I'm like, what's he going to say when he gets older? What's the thing that he wishes <laughs> I had taught him about money or that we could have shared with him about money? So, um, for better or for worse, it's made me like uber conscious about that. Uh, and last yeah. but not least, Amy, if you could finish the sentence. I'm Amy Valpone. I'm so money because. Oh, I am so money because if I can deal with chronic illness for 10 years and launch my own business and do it, so can you. And, you know, don't give up on yourself. You're going to go through ups and downs. But just, um, you know, in the last few years, I've learned. And as crazy as it sounds, you have to trust uh, trust the universe and, and trust that things are working out. And everything that happens to you is not happening to you. It's happening for you. Because if this these past 10 years never happened, I'd still be in my desk job at Vogue probably, uh, you know, pounding the pavement. Burning the midnight oil, feeling the <laughs> wrath of Anna Wintour. Well, Amy Valpone, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Amy, her website is thehealthyapple.com. She's also on Twitter at thehealthyapple. As always, you can grab the transcript, the audio, and comments from this episode and all previous episodes at somoneypodcast.com, where you can also ask me a question. Click on Ask Farnoosh, submit, and I will add it to the queue for the Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Hope your day is so money. Money.